Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Box Set Pod uh, Walking Dead special. Once again, we're up to Season 8, Episode 5. This episode will contain spoilers if you have not watched The Walking Dead Season 8, Episode 5 and you don't want to spoil it for yourself. Go away! Welcome. Joining me as ever is my compadre Jamie and uh, Matthew Wandless from London, who is in his office drinking late at night. That's what it's uh, come I to. have been drinking, but now I have a lovely mint tea. Oh, that's good. Sober up. Sober up for the podcast. Um, so, season eight, episode five, The Big Scary You. I'd like to just start smugly and say, do you both remember last week when I predicted that this week would be The Vicar and Negan, based purely on the title, The Big Scary You? Boom. Hey, you called it. You called it. You called did. It, you yeah. called it. How old? I get the feeling undoubtable. neither of you remember me calling it, but I definitely. Even a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> ah, ah, dear. So. Um, we talked a lot last week about the definitions of bottle episodes, and when this began with the Vicar and Negan, I really thought that we were in for something special in terms of a bottle episode of those two just talking to each other. Um, but then it moved on. By, I, I kind of write quickly uh, while I'm watching it, and uh, I, I, my, my immediate next note was, oh, now it's on Gregory. Uh, what's going on? I thought he went back to the hilltop. And then number three, I've got to stop writing notes so quickly. Obviously, we've gone back in time a little bit. <laughs> right. uh, so... I mean, I think I think the last two episodes have been really good mm. st- opening sequences. I agree. Know. I'll say straight off the bat that I loved this episode as well, just like the last one. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, do, were, were your thoughts and feelings similar? Yeah, I I enjoyed it too. I think the, I think what it managed to do this episode is what the entirety of series seven didn't do, and it made Negan a lot more of a menacing and scary character because uh, yeah. once you humanise him a bit more and give him more of a, a more more characteristics other than the sort of you know the the kind of gimmicks that he had in the last series he's so much more interested and a lot more terrifying for the same reason well i thought of you and your your point about negan being just a grinning sort of uh, cocky character in the last series and immediately when you see them first of all they explain the title of the episode up front with negan saying the big scary you uh, unknown or was it Gregory who said that? What, Gregory, Gregory said Gregory. It, yeah. uh, it gives you a nice, simple episode in terms of here's the story of what this means, the big scary you. And I just love the, these characters around the table. Didn't you just love that that whole mm. them sat around the table, Negan, Henchman, yeah. Gregory? Yes. I, I mean, I liked seeing a little bit more of, or getting a bit more of an insight into how the saviours work, and it kind of made a bit more sense of it. But I don't think I was... Well, I liked the episode. I still liked it, but I didn't think it was 
as good as some of the others. You weren't setting off party poppers. Um, I mean, the, right up front as well was my favourite line of the episode, which is, I think you're a thin-dick politician threading the needle with your thin, thin dick. Negan to Gregory. <laughs> what uh, a really line. Really hammered the thin dick down, yeah, didn't he? I think you're uh, a uh, yeah, no one's politician. in any doubt as to the uh, the size and shape of Gregory's penis. Now. <laughs> <laughs> what a line to write, though. You know, when you're under all that pressure to write something that has to try and sustain millions of viewers, to be able to enjoy. I think you're a thin dick politician threading the needle with your thin thin dick. What? <laughs> what a sense of freedom! What a brilliant line. My my favourite line was later on in the episode where he says, "I have Lucille and nuts of steel." As he waltzes <laughs> back into the sanctuary <laughs> to restore order. So did you? So you, presumably you noticed then, Jamie, that this was almost the only time that Negan hasn't grinned through a whole scene. Seeing him worried, seeing him without all the look, exactly and the superpower exactly. smugness. Yes. It's like when you uh, see scenes of Hitler with his hair flying everywhere, angry. You know, it's like, oh, cat's out of control. It's, it was like, it was that version of Negan, which was so delicious to watch. And also there's that part of you that finds yourself going, oh, I'm starting to re- understand a little bit of him and it's making me understand him and, and maybe sympathise, or not sympathise, but at least see why he became what he became because he had to restore some kind of order to this sort of weird society and that bothered me as well that I was kind of like I was actually starting to find this guy uh you know more less of a maniac and less of just a caricature and I was really kind of understanding the logic behind his society yeah it allows you it gives you an insight into how he sees what he's doing as good yeah. yeah, and his which is the key thing with any bad guy is that you have to understand why they think what they're doing is right. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, and previous to this, anyone who ha- had said, and I, I made the point as well, I think, but uh, anyone who'd said, you know, this could be Rick under other circumstances, have kind of been shot down on on like the Talking Dead and stuff because it's been like, no, there is a difference between killing entirely innocent people and killing those who threaten you. But as Negan points out, he, he says again, you know, and the, the vicar says to him, I was there at the satellite station where they killed people in their sleep. And um, although those people were part of a larger threatening team, it's kind of, it has haunted me that line because I have kind of gone, well, can we actually side with Negan by the end of this series? Is it possible? no. No, because the saviour's policy has always been when you find a group of new people, you kill one of them. Right, yeah. So that they understand yeah, yeah. what it's like. It, it is a very different thing, and they've made that very clear. I, I, I don't think that that argument holds up. Okay. The only thing that I feel would have made this episode better is that is that kind of bottle episode idea. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this isn't a really good episode. I'm just saying that I would have enjoyed a full, hot Tennessee Williams sort of slow burner of a stage play between them in the caravan. You know, when you see them in there sweating and you get the idea of the heat and the the conversation between them. I, I felt because those, whilst the scenes with Eugene and the Bernie Face Man are fine following their bits, they're more functional, they're, they're, they're nothing compared to where we really want to be, which is in the caravan. Even to the point that my favourite double act, Daryl and Rick, when we cut to them, 
it's it wasn't where I wanted to be. I still wanted to stay and see the morality really grappled with and argued over between those two characters. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that they showed a little bit of timidity, the writers, in not being able to just go, let's just stay here mm. and like let's just actually mm. work some shit out in a caravan. I tend to zombies. I tend to disagree. I think actually that that conversation would not have sustained an episode. Well, oh, I don't. I don't think, think that. I, I, my problem is like one of my slight disappointments with the episode was that it didn't go more into. Like I thought we were going to get a bit more Negan backstory than just a little bit about he had a wife. And I think that I was hoping to go and they delve properly into uh, into into his psyche. I, I, agree. I agree, and I think it's probably the pressure to move on after all the criticism of the previous series. I think they probably would have done that in previous uh, at previous times. And I don't I, know. I mean, I hark back to what I said la- last episode, which is that I don't think there is um, a scenario that could be conjured that would back up what Negan is. I don't think you can... No, I, I think it's better not to know. That's right. But there have been episodes in The Walking Dead, like the brilliant episode at the end of season, or the, when they just before they find Alexandria. You know that amazing episode where they're where they're stuck in the barn, and the storm comes, and the and the walkers are trying to get in, and it's a really big moment where Rick does the speech about we are the Walking Dead. It's this. When you watch it again, you go, oh, this is a really significant scene. And then what's his face, who we can never remember the name of, turns up, uh, Eric, is it? No, the other one. Anyway, turns up and takes them to Alexandria and is sort of their saviour. It's one of these big, big episodes um, where discussion is had about morality. And, Matt, do you not do you not feel that with this one, by the end of this episode, essentially we were back to the setup that we had prior to Rick's invasion. So Negan's back in the camp, he's taken order again, and that's that. And actually we could have... Yeah, but we were resolving what happened in the first episode. That's right, but but that entire... We could have had a whole episode... That episode, for me, could have ended with them still stuck in the caravan, um, not had any of the subplots cut to, just have them in there, the conversation, a really good conversation between... Between good and evil, as they gradually get invaded on by the walkers, I would have loved that. I, I, I don't know. I think they did. It, I think they did it quite well, actually. I thought they gave us enough of that, but I would have been bored, and I think you would have been bored as well if we'd had forty-five minutes of that, because there's not enough to go. I mean, not, I'm not saying there isn't enough to go through. There's plenty to talk about, but in it wouldn't have rung true i don't think for them to just sit there for 45 minutes and i think it would have gotten very very dull maybe but i feel like they've done it with more um with less good less good characters less 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 meaty characters they've had longer discussions in the past but not in this i don't know about that because like the, the scene you're, the, the bit you're talking about when they were stuck in the barn during the storm was probably what 10 15 minutes of a of a full episode maybe but the whole episode was was exploring this ultimate theme of is is rick now it was at the point when rick had given up trusting anybody and was ready to kill we'll call him eric rather than go to alexandria it was like a massive turning point but yeah anyway 
my, I mean, my next note was essentially undoing everything that, that I've just said because when we did cut to Rick and Daryl at first, I thought, oh, I'd rather stay in the caravan. But then the fight scene was really good between them. I still don't buy it. Um, they love each other more than kicking each other's head in. But then I wrote, I'm giving up notes. Every time I write one, I change my mind. I'm now glad that the episode's like it is. I like Eugene playing computer games when the lights go out. I like the I like the line from Rick, chokeholders are illegal when they're fighting. Chokeholders are illegal, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of Did gave... you like the little um the little five minute recap they gave you right at the start with Simon explaining to Gregory exactly what was going on. <laughs> yeah, 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 great. Good. They gave you a little uh, they did cheat it. sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and meanwhile, um it just reminded me again because at the, at the same time that we're watching Walking Dead, we're watching The Sinner, which is this new one on Netflix. It's it's very good, but I'm shouting, "Just tell us what happened! Just fast forward at it." And my point is this: with The Walking Dead, people comment on where else they would rather be, with which characters they'd rather be, how to explore that world in different ways. They don't go, "Oh, skip to the end. Tell me who died." It's not. You don't feel like um, you're being manipulated by writers in order to stretch out series. Even though, of all of them, this is the one, this is the series that could run for five hundred series. Yeah, it's a test. I think they're doing it just right, actually. I mean, having said that, I didn't feel quite as positive about the episode as you guys. I do think they're doing it very well. That they're giving just enough time to each storyline to keep it moving along, and and you get this sense of progression throughout the whole series. But we're what? This is four or five episodes in now. Five. This is five. This is five. And, And and like when you think of how far we've gone in time. It's really not long. We're talking about, no. what, a day, day and a half? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's loads going on, yeah. and you get to see it all. Yeah. You don't, there's no gaps in it. They're filling it all in as they go. It's really uh, – I, I yeah. think it's great. Me too. I think what I, – I, well, who was it? Was it one of us called it last week that Rick and Daryl were going to have a punch-up? Yeah, I, um, said, I said that I didn't think that they would – no, I, I actually said I don't think they'd ever kill each other. Um, yeah. But, yeah, my point was, I, st- I still don't quite buy it that Daryl would ride off without him. This is the first time that... But they're, they're there together again, though. They're not. He's they've ri- ridden off. Yeah, I know, but they're both they're working from the same hymn sheet, though. He hasn't ri- ridden off in a kind of like, fuck you, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. They're both... Seen. No, he's not. I didn't, I didn't get that from that no, at I all. But he said they're twice. Still... He said twice. Rick said... This is not how we do it, and Daryl said, "This is not how you do it." And uh, fuck yeah. you, I'm going. So but that's a, no. That was when they were talking about the explosives. That that mm. thing fell yeah. through it, and they both saw it go up in flames, literally. And well, then we'll they see. ended up on the same side again. We'll see who's right, but I don't. Well, think, no, we've already seen Daryl. Me and Jamie are right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, no, I, I agree with Matt. On that. I think because cool. he's leaving, it, uh, Ricky kind of says, "So you still want to do it this way?" And Rick says, "Yep," yeah. and then they kind of disappear you know they go in a separate direction so i think it feels like they're back on track i think you'll find that just because the weapons are gone the method he'll still stick to the method somehow daryl is going to try and kill everybody rick is not i think that that is what we're going to see i don't think well that may be the case but that but when they left each other they both knew what the other was going to do and they both agreed with it did they the what that no because he says don't put chokeholds are illegal come on Hop on the back or whatever. He's he's. I'm I'm pretty sure Rick was implying, "Come on, let's go." And Daryl goes, "Fuck you! I'm going on my own." 
No, they were both going to different places to do different things, yeah. but both what the other was doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll Matt, see. Matt's who's right. right. I, I'll, I'll concede. <laughs> I'll, I'll concede. I'll be voted out on this, but we'll see. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, who would who if they were to actually fight to potentially the death, who would win that fight, Rick or Daryl? Rick. It's a tough call, isn't it? It's a yeah. tough call. Because yeah. Rick was when because when Rick goes into beast mode, uh, <laughs> he, he, he'll, he'll bite your voice box out. So, I mean, well, <laughs> but I, I so would Daryl. So would Daryl. That's true. Yeah. Have you noticed yeah. Andrew Lincoln's walk? I always thought that it was just when he'd been severely battered, like he had a broken leg. But he's one of the most bowl-legged actors that I've ever seen. In my life. Yeah, and pay for that when he's an old man. You could fit a phone box between his knees when he's walking. <laughs> but by the same token, have you seen how Daryl runs? No, he's he's an actor who's really let down by his run, Norman Reedus. He's, he's got sort of weird hands; they kind of flop around all over the place. He looks like he's going to fall yeah. over. No, I have I have noticed that. I have noticed that. Of course, Daryl um, Norman Reedus was a like a Victoria's Secret model or something, some kind of top model. Was he? Yeah, he was. A model. He's a pretty boy. Um, That's is, interesting. Whoa. He's a weird-looking guy, isn't he? He's yeah. kind of the ladies like Norman Reedus very much. Um, have you ever seen a film called uh, Kissing Je- Jessica Stein? Oh. No, I've heard of it. They, they, they come up with a term in that called uh, sexy ugly. Yeah, yeah. And that, Norman Reedus is sexy ugly. Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, um, where do we go from there? Well, bit, a bit, on, bit on Gabe. Go um, on, yeah. First of all, great bit of priesting, trying yeah. to work a confession <laughs> out of a uh, Great Negan. punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, oh, what the little boss. boppy gave him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. <laughs> but there's a, there's a Gabe could have actually killed him. Gabe could oh, have killed Negan. How many times he, he, now has someone been in the know. position? Yeah, he had the gun in his hand. Just do and it. he didn't do and he actually saved Negan from yeah. the zombies. Yeah. Oh. And Negan could have equally Negan could have bopped him more than just a quick bop in the face. Well, yeah, that's true. Um so oh. there is an understanding there and it's this it's this kind of, you know, with Mugabe being ousted this week. Um it's this thing about leadership, isn't it? This whole thing is about well, look, okay. So as you said, Negan the way they rule the saviors is that they kill one per- person in a party to kind of, uh, you know, uh, to set the tone, set the tone and to create rule. Now, Negan perhaps could argue that. By the I'm, way, I'm so glad we've involved Mugabe in this conversation. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to seeing where you're going with this. Well, um, <laughs> Well, it's that thing of like uh, when the West interferes in places like Iraq and uh, the countries with with more of a, a sort of fascist rule. Uh, there is an argument that is made that is uh, this place more people would die under a democracy because of the history of these places. That actually the best thing for this place right now is that you have a terrifying leader. It's the, the sort of I'm not. I'm not agreeing with this. I'm saying this is what what is said. And Negan could make the argument that more people die under the way Rick rules than just one person being killed up front. And that's yeah, why that... he, he. It's not about him because he's got an opportunity to kill Gabe. It's not about will he or won't he kill him. He doesn't. He doesn't. There's no need for him to kill him. And actually, he's he's you know grateful that he didn't kill him. And da da da. 
but it's it's about political strategy. It's about different ways of ruling, and he's got his way, and Rick's got his way, and people die under both. So you're saying there's a time and a place for people like Nick? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm saying that lots of people do say that. I don't agree with it. I would much rather democracy, <laughs> but but there is a. Gotcha. Um, so there is an argument that is made about uh, how certain societies about about how certain people decide to rule, <coughs> which doesn't necessarily mean a higher death toll. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, it, it's an it's it, it's what's good about this series is the real battle of um, of ideas as well as violence and you know zombies. There's a lot of battles going on there about how you know, how a society should be existing within this new world. Yeah. Know? And that's the point, isn't it? That's the point where morality has changed in this world. And is Negan, you know, Mugabe would be, is wrong in this world, but would Mugabe's way of doing things be right in a zombie world? Exactly. Um, and some of, some of America's biggest mistakes in history is the idea that they need to stop communism and replace it with something else that they believe uh, in. And there's when, a difference between communism and murderous dictators, though. Yes, not necessarily is, yeah. all the time, but most of the time. Yeah, yeah, there is. But the but the crux of the argument that I think that the the morality argument that they're making will be about that it's about how happy and how free your people are. So if you're rating it purely on number of deaths, then that argument I made before, you can say, well, maybe the same number of people die under different systems. But the happiness of the people who live in that society, those people who are locked on the on the floor of Negan's factory, are not happier people and freer people than the people who live in Alexandria. And that's what they're battling over. They're battling over an idea of what freedom means to a society and to, to the individual. It's an... I can see a little bit of what you're saying because, like, the like uh, when they when when they were working under the savior's rule, you can see that, like, if you twist that model ever so slightly, where you've got these individual settlements all kicking back up to the top one, if you twist that, not too many degrees really, you end up with a capitalist model. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and, you know, if you take a little bit of the violence and fear out of it, yeah. then you've got a functioning society. Yeah. But those details are very important. Yeah, well, it's the, it's, <laughs> it's the methodology yeah. of, of rule by fear or rule by consensus. And, and the argument will be how much is, how much is Rick's rule really uh, consensus <laughs> everywhere they've gone when they first went into Alexandria they went well if everyone doesn't do what we say we'll beat it we'll beat them into it we'll take over the place and we'll make sure they do um, it's this kind of uh, spreading of spreading of but then ultimately like when you got to the end when they got to an established place in the prison it was all very egalitarian and people working and everyone con mm. contributing so really mm. you can boil the whole thing down to an argument against uh, between communism and capitalism yeah yeah, yeah. No, there we, go. <laughs> Look at that. we just we just nailed it well, yeah. Mao Zedong said change will come down the barrel of a gun. And uh, it does either way. Rick always brings it down the barrel of a gun. And Negan yeah. uses a bat. But, uh, well, a bit, <laughs> back, back, to the, 
back to the plot a little, a little bit. Um, Gabe, right? Mm. So why was he suddenly all feverish? Was it because he was covered in the bloods and guts of or the zombies? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what happened there. Was he bit? I don't know. I yeah, I didn't get prob- it. I, there was a moment in the in the tussle where I thought that he had been bit, and then I thought, really? oh, he hasn't. Yeah, yeah. No, if he was bit, they didn't show it. Uh, well, there was certainly a moment when I, everyone piled, they all piled on top of him, the walkers, and I thought, I bet he's been bit. And so when I saw him feverish, I thought, well, that's what it is. And well, yeah, I'm just I saying was... it wasn't explicit. If they no, did, no, no, yeah. No. Plus, I, and also I thought because because Negan does say at one point, covering yourself in all these putrid guts. So wonder you. Yeah, he you said know, something about that, didn't he? Right. Yeah. So I wondered if that was why they said he said it was because now Gabriel's got a. Well, a fever and a stomach bug, probably. Can I just say, I've yeah. never seen two people make a more pathetic attempt at covering themselves in blood and guts, by the way. I know. They that were was sort of poor. placing it on themselves very uh, effeminately. Um, in, in the sister programme, Fear the Walking Dead, when they do that, it's like full on army camouflage makeup. It's rubbing it over every inch of your body. Ooh. Everything I say when we're watching it. Uh, do I? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my contribution. There we go. Thanks, thanks, Sarah. What was that? Always good to know. Howell's just... best lines all come from Sarah. Is this all? Is this all Sarah? Are you just taking Sarah's comments? <laughs> is that what's happening here? No. How terribly unfair. Absolutely not. It's, uh, complete lies. Um, uh, what can I say? <laughs> she just gets to sit and watch and say things what out loud. What a terrible glimpse behind the curtain that was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she just poked her head in. Um, the great and powerful Oz. I know. I know, I know. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah. so... Uh, what do you what think of, um, of Seth Gilliam? Uh, I like him a lot. I, I, when he first started, I've struggled so much to see him in that character because The Wire brings such baggage yeah. to him. Um, mm. and, and always got the sense that he was playing uh, playing it so twee. But I really liked him in this one. This one was a bit like uh, King Ezekiel last week. I sort of... Uh, I got it. But yeah, he does seem very tense. He's always seemed very tense. Yeah. He's getting better. Well, he's gotten better and gotten worse throughout. He's sort of gone up and down for me, and and uh, I always want him to be good because I'm so fond of him from the wire. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't really. It doesn't quite pan out for me. Well, the thing is, once you bring Gregory into it, you get someone who plays the coward so much better. And really, he's played the coward from the stars, and he's taken on. But the- he's not anymore. He's not a coward anymore. You know, he's out there. Doing yeah. the work, but he really uh, the difference, I suppose, between him and Gregory is that he's really struggling. He's got, he's got that fight between fear, uh, being a coward, and being brave. Whereas Gregory's just a coward, and <laughs> his brave braveness only comes through self-serving methods. Mm. Yeah, I, I think he's an up and down. I, I'm kind of I've not been a massive fan, but then I've not been a massive fan of the character and uh, his journey, particularly. I found it no, that interesting. Exa- I think I'd like him to be a little bit less pious mm. uh, and, and kind of be, be a little bit more grey than he is because he's, he's very black and white. Well, you know? I think the series doesn't... The series um, argues big themes and stuff, but it is quite... I think Robert Kirkman is seems to be pretty anti-God. <laughs> seems uh, always seems quite anti-church. Um, 
and and that particular construct of society he always kind of takes that down very quickly i think did he did robert kirkman do preacher is that the is that his stuff as well about robert kirkman what the character? i'm not sure actually i don't know if he wrote that actually yeah. is, is what is that another series preacher which is another yeah. comic book right right Ah, uh, yeah, no, that was Robert Kirkman as well, so right. that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Which is very, it takes a very interesting slant on religion as well. Yeah, I, I think he, maybe Seth Gilliam's got a tough challenge there to bring depth to a character that he, Kirkman's written. No, actually, uh, Pre- Preacher was, guy, uh, are you talking about the TV show writer or the original comic book writer? Oh, the comic no, it's Garth Ennis who did oh, the right. he did the Boys as well, which is another really good series, which they should turn into a a TV show. Very good. Um, what else? Has anyone got anything else down? I, I just stopped making notes because whenever I made notes, I then changed my mind within three minutes. Well, I quite liked. Uh, I, I like to see why Negan works for the Saviors and for that kind of society it was good to see him come back in and restore order um in a situation where otherwise it would have fallen to pieces yeah. and it, it it made sense of the whole organization because you know there, there's this kind of amorphous number of people you know it feels like you know a small army yeah um and you kind of wonder how it would ever stay like that. And then you see that and you see the kind of iron fist of it all. And it just makes a bit more of a, more sense of it. But that's why, I mean, I know you're not that intrigued by the backstory, but I'd like to, I, I'm kind of intrigued by how he got the, that rise to power and, and <laughs> the, I, I'd, I'd kind of like to see a bit of that. I'd like to see, I've heard uh, a version of his backstory that I don't know if it's true, but someone told me it. I think it might be from the comics because I think the comics uh-huh. did his backstory. Okay. I think it's a really interesting backstory. So, and they did touch don't, on the don't same. Don't mistake. Thing. Sorry. No, no, go on. Don't, well, don't mistake me. I'm not. It's not that I'm not interested. It's just that. Um, I can't think. There's there's a, a film I'm trying to think of a reference to. Where I think that it's when they're talking about um, Kaiser Sose in the the Usual Suspects, mm. where it's like whatever you hear about him, it doesn't really matter because nothing, the truth will never be good enough to understand yeah. the the way you yeah, feel yeah. about. Him. Yeah, I have, and I get that. Yeah, I, I kind of it's almost like a preemptive compassion fatigue for his backstory that i'll go look i, I don't care whether hitler was dropped on his head as no a it's kid. In, it's in seven it's in seven they talk about uh, morgan freeman's talking about john doe and he says if john doe walks through the door and he's actually the devil that might live up to our expectations yeah, yeah. but he's not he's just a man yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, yes, that's, that's the thing for me. It's like you never find yeah. out about where that guy has gone wrong. Because you can't, how could you possibly well, f- fulfill that? Well, the, yeah, because no, that, the purpose is... of the purpose of of doing it would be to understand it and therefore possibly forgive it. And you don't want to forgive it because ultimately, for whatever reason, somebody's a dick. They're a dick, and it's important that you you can understand that but ultimately it's a waste of time because he bashes people's heads in so that kind of don't want to know well, 
Yeah, uh, and and also I want to mention I'm I'm quite anti backstories in general. I feel mm. like we're we're going through a period of a lot of backstories in everything, and yeah, I hated exactly. the backstory they gave to freaking Sherlock Ugh. about a dead dog. Let's I mean, I'm very you know so so there <clears> are yes, definitely it can be done badly and done wrong and done, it's done too much these days. But um, I guess it's just that I oh, hold on, hold on, that was such a oh, terrible god. <laughs> The flashback about Hodor. Hodor. Um, uh, Yes, and ultimately, again, you mentioned the saviors again just before, and it reminded me to uh, go political again. Reminded me of when I first went to uh, uh, Poland and um, just just check with server. Went to this sort of ex-communist country where all uh, all men of a certain age kind of drank loads of vodka and there was loads of old men on the street. And it was that the system that they'd been living under was oppressive, but it gave them great order. And when democracy followed, they were then stuck with drinking their, what they used to have was vodka rations, you know. And that's what gave them order, and they stuck in that. And th- it is, you're right, Matt, going to be a communist democracy thing because those saviors all they wanted was for negan to come back and say i'll give you order again and they found such comfort from that that they would just walk back downstairs and get on with their life and bow down so the interesting thing will be is if rick does take over are these people do these people then just feel a great sense of loss and how do you manage people who are used to and seek comfort from being shouted at, being told what to do, being given really strict instructions. It's an interesting argument because, it, and it's one that sort of applies to our modern society as well. Because you know, there's a lot of stuff about um, jobs and uh, and immigrants and so on. But there is a, a massive section of the employment world that is occupied by a kind of. Tell me what I don't want to. No, no, not not tell me what to do, but there 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 are jobs that people don't want to do. Yeah, right. And that that are done by people who um who come from different backgrounds, and it's uh it's it's one of those things where it's like you, you know people want to get rid of it, but then who's going to do that stuff? Yeah. Uh, it, it it's it's the it, it's a horrible byproduct of of societies. There's always um real shit to be done. Yeah. And it's it's going to be an interesting. Yeah aspect to it if they do push this series right through and start trying to rebuild things and 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 they're going to come up against that at some point yeah and i think it's a great line that um negan uses isn't it in that first uh, round table discussion where he says people are a commodity and uh people Mm. are important you know he actually values life not maybe for the right reasons Mm. always Mm. but he sees that there is a a, a tiny minority of human beings left and every one of them counts. And so, you know, that, that, that's a really, I think it was a really good look at the society and the political world of Negan. I think that's what made it such a good episode. Yeah. But we've argued here. You know, it's turning, it's turning my opinion on the episode around actually, because it's doing exactly what I keep um, eulogizing about the series, yeah, which is it's, it's going to these areas that you wouldn't consider mm-hmm. in another show where you're just being driven through by all oh, what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. You, you, it makes you consider the wider world and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, what's going to happen when this all calms down. Well, so how what are we going to build it back up next week? It's, um, 
the, well, it just made me remember one thing. Like, what, where, what was the helicopter? What Who's got a helicopter? Was the helicopter. Yeah, who's got that? Hmm. Was was that something that Simon mentioned at the start? He said we'll take one of the flyers and do something to the hilltop. Is that because it was oh, a very maybe. throwaway line? And I thought, is that what he meant? Did he mean they've got planes or helicopters? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Hmm. Wow. I didn't even. Intriguing. I didn't even. I didn't even hear the helicopter. The helicopter what? bit totally passed me by. There was. A, well, it was after Rick it. and Daryl separated. They um, Rick was going through some undergrowth somewhere, and then he saw a helicopter, helicopter flying to go over his yeah. head. Jamie, how did I miss that scene? You, left, must, have, you uh, must have left the room. <laughs> you're out grabbing have, yourself a pot noodle. Yeah, <laughs> I must have spilt some hummus. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next episode's called "The King, the Widow, and Rick." Any predictions? Oh. I don't know. Could could be could be good. Could be bad. It's uh, it's very hard to predict this stuff. But uh, there, it sounds like all three of them will be together in some fashion, whether it be for ill or for good. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we know we... the widow. That's a that's a, a terminology that only Negan would use. So, is this next mm. episode about a plan to snare the three of them? Maybe, maybe he gets. So, I mean, ooh. It's very. It's a good title. It's enticed me massively. Can so, I ask what 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 do you think is going to happen with Eugene? Do you think he's do you think he's uh, gone for good? I know exactly what's going to happen with Eugene. It's. You it, think he's going to redeem himself? Absolutely. He has seen the the purpose of making Gabe ill in there is that he has just seen Gabriel even at a point at which he desperately needs to. I'm going to sneak. That's me. <laughs> Eugene has just looked at Gabe and he, Eugene said, we need to get you to the doctor. He needs a doctor more than anybody in the world. But even at that point, Gabe has just said to Eugene, that's Maggie's doctor. We need to get him out of here. Right. He's to shown complete selflessness, which is what Eugene has absolutely not shown. So Eugene well, is going to learn and redeem himself by getting the doctor out of there. Well, well I, I, I think that might be true. I think at least Eugene's going to be a bit like Theon Greyjoy. He's going to come round. Yeah, good example. Come round and do something heroic because he also has that moment with Negan where Negan basically says, you better come up with a solution, otherwise we're all dead. And if you don't anyway, I'm going to kill you. But And, 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 and it's just one of those moments where I think maybe he might have realised, OK, Negan... <laughs> Negan is still a very, very dangerous man, and I should really reassess whether I'm safe within this society and my video games. So I think that yeah, but he was a... Negan was saying I'm going to kill you Either in way. a merciful way. Yeah, yeah, no, it yeah, was a merciful. If you don't thing. help me, but this is the decision now for Eugene: is do I help Negan and self-preservation, or do I get the doctor no, out? And no, I think you've, you've you've misunderstood that because he's saying if you if you think about this and come up with a solution mm -hmm. then i'm gonna give you all the um, yeah. bitches and money yeah um but also he's saying but try your hardest if i recognize that you try your hardest then i'm gonna mercy kill you before everything gets really bad here i'm not gonna let you die of starvation and being torn apart by the people i think because oh, he, he, okay. no, he said i've got your back here he said that afterwards no i think that was no. supposed to be like no. even if you don't come up with it i'm still gonna be uh, behind you yeah but i think that was his way of threatening him i think that was his way i don't of think it was him. i do i think he was saying well you're the think like yet again howell you've misunderstood it why don't you find out what sarah thinks shut up <laughs> let's go back to your immigrant conversation shall i then won't pull you up on that 
Um, <laughs> unbelievable. F- f- feel free. Bloody feel Brexiters. Free. Um, if we, I, I, am, I am almost certain that that was Negan saying, Eugene, this is your chance to shine. We haven't got a solution to this. You find the solution or I'll kill you really nicely. It's weird because, like, I, when I heard it, it felt threatening to me. But when you explain it, Matt, it doesn't sound as bad. So yeah. I'm kind when of. you hear it from under the watchful eye of someone who really listens to a TV show, <laughs> pays attention to things. It was. Yeah, a, I, mean, I, I am. Like I say, let's see what Sarah thinks. I am 100% <laughs> convinced on this, and I'm un, unwilling to concede. Um, I am certain that what he was saying was, "You've been part of this gang." And if you don't cut the mustard now, you're dead, sunshine. Go back and listen to it again. <laughs> um, or I'll just wait and see what happens, and then I will throw it in your face, sir. Now then. Well, either of those two outcomes are going to come to pass. So I'll kill you really kindly when I'm proved right. I promise. So... Um, any, Should any, we give our marks? Yeah, marks. I, I'm going to say I ended the last episode at a nine and I stayed very much at a nine. I would. I still stand by. I would love to have seen a stage play between Negan and uh, uh, and Gabe. But, um, you know, uh, I can see that, uh, like Matt says, the writers aren't very good. So perhaps they couldn't have done that. Yeah, I, I think from a nine to an eight for me, still very strong episode. Very strong. Um, but I, I guess I got too excited at very early on, and okay. then yeah. didn't yeah. quite satisfy. Say, didn't quite satiate. Is that a word? My need. Yep. Satiate. Yep. And uh, well, if you remember, I went from an eight to an eight point five last week. Right. So I came yeah. in at an eight point five, and I went back down to an eight. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a, a minor. It's the dullest roller coaster in history. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Right. Well, as usual, you can email us, studio at theboxheadpod.com. We'll see you next week for um, episode six, which is uh, the king, the wid- Rick, the widow, and the king, or whatever it's called. We'll see you for that. Thank you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.